0: We're delighted to have evangelist Dylan Morgan with us. This young man is being used of God all over the country. I recently saw a little video clip of him preaching at four years old. A little pulpit had a Bible and had his handkerchief and was wiping his forehead. Working hard at four years old. There is something about when a person aspires to the things of God at a young age that God marks them and says there's somebody I can use for the kingdom of God and he is using this young man as a voice of revival for this generation would you welcome to the East Wind podium evangelist Dylan Morgan in Jesus name come on can we give that unto the Lord all across the house. <laughs> oh. him just, I'm just in all the presence of God here today, both services, I just, can we just reverence him for a moment? You know, when you really think about it, you have to realize who's in this room right now. It's not just another emotion that you're feeling, but it's the presence of God in this room. I'm not over the fact that God visits us like this. (laughs) Oh, I love you, Jesus. Glad to be at East Wind again. feels so good to be home. Amen. Amen. I want to thank this church uh, publicly on behalf of my wife and I for making us feel so welcome and make us feel like we have a home. And uh, Paris's first service here, uh, when we got back, she said, I don't think I've ever been to a place that made me feel so welcome so quickly. So from the very bottom of my heart, thank you, East Wind, for creating an atmosphere of love and welcoming. And I think every guest here today can testify that they feel welcome here, and you should because you are, and we're glad you're here today, amen, amen. And of course, to pastor and sister Amy Myers, I love y'all so much, I mean that, I just I can't thank God enough for the Myers family, Bishop Myers, Dr. Myers, you know, bishop myers came into the room just a little bit before service and it was like the whole atmosphere shifted i was like bishop's here (laughs) amen i love bishop myers praise god amen i feel like god wants to talk to us here today and i just want the word to do what only the word of god can do is that all right Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 26 And let's just see what God's going to do here today God did great works already in the first service We had people that were healed Lady came to the altar and stood right here And God healed her She took her sling off and was raising that arm She told me she was supposed to have surgery on it And God completely healed her Both arms were in the air and she was worshiping the Lord Amen Amen on top of that, she said that she had uh, something torn in her knee and was supposed to have surgery on that. Well, if you saw her dancing after God healed her, I think you would have disagreed. And I think the doctor's going to testify when she goes and, and gets a checkup that, well, we don't know what happened. Just one of those medical mysteries. But the apostolic church knows exactly what happened. She showed up and God met her. Faith met hunger and that's all that has to happen today. I'm hungry for a move of God. I didn't come just to come to church. I came to have a move of God here today. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 26. Uh, let's start at verse number one. If you have it, say amen. amen. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went unto Abimelech. Who was the king of the Philistines unto Gerar, and the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed will I give all the countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. I want to preach to you for the next few moments with the help of the Holy Ghost, the enemies of revival. Would you set your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands all across the house? Can we just ask that we would be open to the word of the Lord here today? Lord, I love you. Your word is powerful and it has all the ability to do everything that needs to be done in this room today. Just ask God that I could team up with you, that I could yoke with you today so that we can have an apostolic move of the Holy Ghost in this room anoint me from the top of my head down to the soles of my feet God as you have equipped me with the word Lord now allow me to use it correctly speak to your people pray God that the gifts of the spirit would continue to flow in this service and that you would confirm your word with signs following take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance in this place and I speak faith to begin to move upon hearts of every unbeliever in this room right now that before this service is over, God, they would be filled with your spirit. If you believe God's going to do a great work in the next few moments, would you clap your hands and shout with me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Please be seated in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In my text, we see that Isaac was told to go to a strange land in sojourn there he was to take uh, a temporary um, resting place in this location it wasn't it wasn't a forever home for isaac he was just supposed to get what he was supposed to get there and move on to where god destined for him to be and i want to remind everybody here today that this world is not our home fleshly yes our flesh is bound here your address will suggest that you do live here on this earth but if you're filled with the holy ghost you are not meant to be of this world you are just here in this world we are not of permanent dwelling here on earth this world is not my home i'm just passing through My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I know it's soon. I don't know the day nor the hour, but I know he's coming back for his bride here pretty soon. And I want you to know that doesn't bring fear to me. But as the scripture says, I'm going to comfort somebody with these words. Jesus is coming soon. We're going to a place of no more tears and no more pain and no more cancer and no more crime and no more depression and no more heartache and no more sorrow and no more anxiety. Go into a place where you're not going to need a doctor. You're not going to need a physician. You're not going to need somebody to complain to. When you get on to heaven, it's all just going to be praise, worship, and jubilee because I'm with my creator. I'm dreaming of the city where the lamb is the light. I'm dreaming of a place beyond this world. Don't get comfortable here. Don't get comfortable here. Don't don't get used to living here. There's a trumpet that's going to sound. <laughs> I said there's a trumpet that's going to sound. God's looking for a bride. God's looking for somebody. He's looking for a spotless bride. He's looking for somebody that bears his name. He's looking for a church uh, that is stamped with the name of Jesus. Uh, He's looking for a people that were baptized uh, in the name of Jesus. He's looking for a people that are filled. uh, I feel the Holy Ghost with his spirit. I'm going to heaven. We don't preach enough about heaven. I'm going to heaven. I don't like it here down on earth. I'm just doing what I gotta do to do what he sent me here to do so I can get over there and take some people with me. But I go into heaven. Heaven's my home. Heaven's my home. My passport may say U.S. citizen, but it's not really where I'm a citizen of. I'm a citizen of a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. Twelve foundations. Come on, walls of jasper, streets of gold, gates of pearl. Hey, there's going to be no sun there. The lamb's going to be the light. Oh, I love, I, I love talking about heaven. The reason some of y'all can't clap because you're not excited about it. I'm excited to go to heaven. I get joy when I think about it, going to heaven, that's what he told Isaac, get back to what I'm preaching, that was a rabbit trail, he said, you, you're not going to be here forever hoss, just sojourn in this land, Isaac and his wife have a little conversation, look sugar mama, you're really pretty. And if they find out you're my wife, they're just going to kill me because you're so fine. This is uh, the 2021 translation. So he comes into the land and he says, this is my sister. So y'all don't kill me because this is my sister. And one day, the king from his little place sees Isaac and Rebecca sporting with each other. You know, courting, flirting, just taking it to each generation. To my generation sliding into the DMs, because you ain't man enough to talk to her in person. Hey, I need an organ player on that. They were sporting with each other, is what the Bible says. Flirting with one another. The king goes, there's no way that's your wife. It's impossible. Or your sister. That's got to be your wife. So they get this little understanding, and the king says, i tell you what I'm going to do. I know you were worried I was going to kill you because of your wife. He says, so I'm going to tell everybody in my land, you are a favored people. Don't touch them. Leave them alone, as a matter of fact. Don't, Don't hurt Isaac. Don't hurt Rebecca. Don't touch his sheep. Don't touch his cattle. Leave them alone. And the Bible says, in the season of famine, this man began to sow. You see, it doesn't make sense. For a people to be growing in the middle of a famine. In the middle of crisis in the world, it doesn't make sense for people to be getting the Holy Ghost at Wind. But God desires for His church to be in this world. But we are not held down by the famines of this world. You are a royal generation. Come on somebody, you are a chosen people, you are a holy people, you are a peculiar, you're the apple of his eye. He doesn't, yeah, so he's, he's sowing in the season of a famine. And the Bible says that for every, every one seed he sows, he gets a hundred back. Well, well really what that means is for every one dollar he invests, he gets a hundred dollars in return. That's pretty good return on investment. Because God intends for His people to be a blessed people. I'm telling you, it's not God's will for us to be broke and have nothing. You are the people of His name. We should be the most cutting edge. We should be the most put together. Because we don't walk according to the world. I'm held to a higher standard. I, I bear the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In the season of famine. And the Bible says that he grew great in wealth. His, his cattle began to multiply. His sheep began to multiply. His bank account was booming. He was doing it right on the stock market. Everything was looking good for Isaac. And then the, the, the world gets threatened by the growth of, of, of somebody that has the name applied. And he says, look, Hoss, he said, you're going to have to get out of my land. He said, you're, you are too great for us now. Now I need you to go dwell in this valley of Gerar. And he ends up in a valley. And this valley, it, it, it literally means a, a place where water is supposed to run. but But in the middle of a famine, to the natural eye, there is no flow on the surface. But to somebody that knows uh, I can go beyond the natural. What looks barren to some, uh, to the people of the name, they know all it takes uh, is a little bit of praying uh, and a little bit of fasting. And God can do anything. So Isaac comes into this barren place, uh, this dry place. And the scripture says uh, he finds springing water. When the world is in the famine, God intends for His church to have wells of living water. When the world is wondering where it's going to come from, how is it going to happen, God intends for you to have a well of springing water. Springing up. It said the well was springing up. Uh, And I I felt like the Lord told me to tell this church that revival is not coming. If you're going to keep praying for revival, you're praying for the wrong thing. Revival is not coming. But the last I checked, this body has some wells of springing water. Revival is not on the horizon for us. Revival is not on the tomorrows for us. If somebody says revival's coming, no it ain't preacher, revival here. You're not about to have revival. You're not fixing to have revival. You're not about to have. You're having. Re, I feel reviving in the house right now. I feel the revival of the whole. I feel the waters bubbling. Oh, it looks barren out there. You want to see what we're experiencing. There is springing wells of a living water. I'm done praying for revival, because revival's here. I'm done asking for revival, because revival's here. I'm done seeking, don't you hit your knee and pray for revival anymore. Hit your knee and say, God, teach me how to captivate this revival. Teach me how to get everything out of this revival. I can get out of this revival. Revival's here now. Someone shout now. It's the day of revival. So don't pray for it to come because it's here. But there are some enemies of revival. And I feel like the Lord may talk a little bit about the enemies of revival today. He found that springing water. And then the herdsmen of the land came and contended for it is what the Bible says. And because they call strife between Isaac's herdsmen and, and, and the world's herdsmen, the Bible says, I'm going to call this place Ezek. Strife. Strife literally means a disagreement over the fundamental issues. Our fundamental things. That's the first enemy of revival. Is to attack our fundamental doctrine. Let me go ahead and preach to everybody that's here. There's one Lord. There is not three co-equal, co-eternal Godheads. He said, I looked around and there was no Savior. I just saw myself. He looked to the left. There was no Savior. He looked to the right. There was no Savior. There was one. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was Emmanuel God with us. Young person, you better know how to quote this one God doctrine. You better know how to look at the world and say, Hear, Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It's an enemy of revival, and we better press back against the voice. What is the greatest commandment, Lord? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. That was a part of the Shema. He was reminding them, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. It's one. I said it's one. I said he's one guest that is here today, I am not trying to embarrass you or hurt you. I'm just trying to tell you what the book says. And if a preacher says there's three, it's false doctrine and it's heresy. There is one Lord and he came to us in flesh. He robed himself in humanity. He looked for an intercessor and he could find none. So he came by himself. one God he said and on that hangs all the laws and the prophets that was the known word of God the power of the word is the oneness of the one that wrote it there's no power if there's three gods but when you start preaching one God the devils know that there is one and they tremble One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, in you all, through you all. He was seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. Come on, some. There's one God. That lady touched the hem of his garment, which was actually the Zed Zed. If you go back to number 16, you'll find that it was talking about the word. That, That frayed hem of his garment represented the word of God but watch what Jesus said who touched me it didn't touch you the writer made it clear that she touched the hymn but the book says the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us so when she grabbed hold of the word God said who touched me there's something that happens when you get the revelation of the mighty God in Christ there's Power in the name when you know you're speaking the name of the one that hung the sun, the moon, and the stars. One God. Baptism in Jesus' name. There's only one way to the Father is what Jesus said. You got to go through me. So I'm baptized in Jesus. Because that's how you get in the covenant. He always wanted a people of His name and His name is Jesus. We should know how to say these things, young people. When you put the word in your heart, David said it's how a young man or the NIV says it's how a young person cleanses themselves, and they keep on a, a path of purity and a path of righteousness is when you get a hold of the book. And it becomes a part of your DNA and your nature. And when the well of strife comes, you can say, no, no, no. Let me tell you what this says. And you'll sound a little bit like Jesus when he was being tempted. It is written. It is written. It is written. And then he got tired just, and he said, no, it is sad. When you get a hold of the book, you have the authority not just to know it, but speak. Speak the word. First well, first enemy of revival will always be strife. The disagreement over our fundamental issues, our fundamental doctrines, what weaves us into who we are and what we are and what makes us His, his chosen people. But he went on a little bit further and he goes to the next well. and this one he says... I'm going to name this one Sitna because they came and they contended for this well too. And Sitna literally means opposing forces. You see, when you get past the enemy that's trying to tell you that our doctrine is a lie, then you get into the opposing force of the enemy that tries to push back against you, that tries to oppose you in your home. That tries to oppose you in your house. That tries to oppose you in your family. That tries to oppose you in your mind. That tries to oppose you when you're walking throughout the city. It's the enemy of opposition. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He's going to build the weapon and he's going to try to oppose you. But the fact of the matter is, you are a people that is built upon a rock. I said you're built upon a rock. And when the gates of hell try, they cannot prevail. For there is a standard that is lifted up against him. Somebody that is being fought right now. You need to come to the revelation and the understanding. It's just the enemy of the revival that we're in. Somebody in a fight uh, ought to stand up uh, and remind hell, uh, uh, greater is he that is in me. uh, Somebody ought to get a little bold uh, in the spirit and say, The only reason you're coming against us uh, is because we're pushing back. The only reason you're being fought is because we're in revival. I know it's cliche. But the book, don't lie. The enemy only fights what he fears. So if he's fighting you, you're doing something right. And it's that enemy of revival that opposes the flow of revival. He tries to tell you to cause division. He tries to tell you to make mistakes. But you just keep pushing. I said, you just keep pushing. Greatest enemy of this time is fear. Fear. That's what's on the church right now. Why else do you think that the twin sister of COVID-19 is the spirit of fear? Because when it came, it released the spirit that was behind it, and that was fear. When Gideon assembled his army with that martial growl, when he sounded the trumpet, and everybody started gathering, and he brought them to the water, what was the first thing? The fearful have to go home. So he has to take fear out on the church Because when God gets ready to assemble an army He can't use the fearful Because fear is the enemy to faith So some of y'all that are wrapped up in fear right now Fear of worshiping Fear of witnessing Fear of breaking out of the culture that is trying to cripple you You ought to push back You ought to push you can't have my family uh. you can't have my children you can't have my city uh. you can't over my dead body uh. you're going to have to kill me uh. I'm pushing somebody I feel it I feel somebody's pushing back somebody said hell you can't have them No, no, you're just an enemy to the revival that God has sent to this church. I rebuke fear by the power of the Word of God and by the authority of the name of Jesus. You must leave this church. You must leave the minds of the believers that are in this church. I command you to leave right now. I command the mind of your people to be freed from fear and trepidation. And I lose faith into this body right now to believe that the best is yet to come. Come on, I know they're striving with you, but you got to push here. No, you can't have them. I'm trying to move on, but God won't let me right now. There's some mamas that need to push back over your kids. Or some daddies that need to become the authority right now and rebuke the devil that is trying to cripple the next generation. The distractions and the puke and everything that's going on. You better start pushing back. Don't lay down and die. Push. They didn't wait in the world to start equipping them with the doctrine of this, this, this puke that's going around. They haven't waited to start indoctrinating the next generation. Five-year-olds are being fed puke. Six-year-olds are being fed the agenda of the Antichrist. Don't get it wrong. You're not fighting humanity. You're fighting the agenda of the end time fight. And if they are willing to riot and push back for what they believe in, and the average age of the rioter was between 20 and 25, there ought to be a generation that says, I believe the message. I believe the doctrine. And every devil that is pushing back against the revival of this church and this world right now. I'm telling you, there ought to be a Holy Ghost riot that says, you can't have this. No, it stops with me. No, I don't care if it's a generational curse. You took on a new lineage when you were baptized in the name of Jesus. The buck stops right here. There ought to be a generation that says, I'm going to riot for our holiness. I'm going to riot for our doctrine. I'm going to riot. This is mine. That enemy of revival. Then he goes past Sitna and he goes to Raboth. Raboth is where he says the Lord has made room for us. Raboth literally translates to God has expanded our territory. Does anybody feel like in 2020 and 2021, God's been expanding the territory of the apostolic church? Because while the world is in famine, The church just kept sowing. While the world was in famine, the church just kept baptizing. While the world was in famine, the church just kept praying them through. While the world was in famine, the ecclesia kept having prayer meetings. The ecclesia kept being apostolic. Come on, somebody. We're not behind the mark. We are ahead of the game. God's expanding the territory. He has expanded our territory. But he couldn't stop. Had Raboth. He had fruit, is what the Bible says. He had water. And he didn't have any opposition. But he understood, if I stop just at an expanded territory, I won't have everything God intends for me to have. He said, pack it up. We're going to Beersheba now. And the Lord, I felt quick in my spirit, And the last enemy of revival, and this is what we're fighting right now, because we feel the expanded territory. We've taken dominion. We sent out the Jesus name message over the airways all across the world. But we're listening to East Wind. You don't know the places I travel to that say, Your church, oh my goodness, they minister to us in this shutdown. You don't realize the territory you took during the shutdown. I said, you don't realize the territory you took when the world was in famine. East wind kept growing and kept sowing and kept believing. Come on. It don't make sense to everybody, but those that are in the covenant understand. Just gonna keep sowing. I, worth it. No, I'm just gonna keep sowing. But if you stop at expanded territory, you give way to the enemy of comfort. God has expanded our territory. But now, we've got to push beyond the last enemy of revival. And we've got to get out of comfort. It's easy to kick back when there's no opposition and there's no strife. You're not having to fight now. But when there isn't a fight, that's when you conquer. Oh, Jesus. A man of God said something. He said that when you take territory, he said, and you push back on the enemy, he said, it's like he goes into camouflage now. And he won't attack you physically. He won't attack you mentally. He says he just kind of camouflages himself and hides out in the background because he knows if he's not fighting you, you'll slide back in to your ease. We pray most when we're in the battle and when we're in the fight. But now God is calling us to Beersheba. And what Isaac did in Beersheba was, he built an altar. He built an altar in Beersheba. And on that altar, the Lord confirmed the covenant of his father. Now Isaac, as it was for Abraham, it's going to be for you. And the covenant people which are those that are baptized in Jesus' name, filled with His Spirit and walking according to the Word of God. Those people, He intends to be a people that don't stop just because it gets easier. But we say we're taking every bit of territory we can take. We're going all the way now. We're going back to the birthplace. Uh, This was born in a prayer meeting. Uh, It started uh, in an upper room. Uh, It started when the fire fell. Uh, I'm telling this church, uh, we are in revival. Uh, But now we're about to see the greatest miracles we've ever seen. Comfort says, uh, Raboth had some fruit, uh, but Bear says, uh, I want more. Uh, I'm going beyond. There's got to be another mountain uh, I can climb, God. Uh, there's got to be somewhere else uh, you can give us. There's got to be another. A few weeks ago or months ago, I was in the airport and I walked into a Hudson, New Santa I may have said this at this church. I don't know, but I'm going to say it again. And I walked in and I bought a smart water and I walked out because I'm just waiting on those smart waters. I say this every time. I'm waiting on them to start helping. (laughs) And they haven't kicked in yet. I walk out and there's a man standing there waiting on me. He said, the Lord told me to give you a word. I don't know who he is. Probably never see him again. He could have been an angel. I don't know standing right in front of me, he said, the Lord told me to tell you. He showed me a vision. This vision was a map of North America. On this map, I saw little fires beginning to break out across North America. Little fires, he said, begin to break out across the North American map, he said, and then they begin to break out more rapidly, more fires, he said. And then it was like at once, these fires come together and swept the world in end-time revival." I've been inquiring of the Lord what about the flames the few that are there now I'm telling this church and the Holy Ghost right now and this is this is what God has sent me to say today you are a fire of revival hear me you are one of those flames on the map and the reason that the flames that are on the map right now are so integral is because those flames spark other flames to catch on hear me I began a cry of the Lord. Okay, God, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? And he spoke this word to me, regional dominion. So I went and I started searching the word region. In the Old Testament, the word region means yoke. In the New Testament, the word region means area. So there is a demonic yoke that comes over a a, a place, a region. and, And they are bound by the yoke of darkness. And this is what the Lord said. He said, I am sending you to places uh, to let them know that I am breaking the yoke off of their region. Hear me. Hear me. So that I can give my yoke. And he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that they can become a flame of end time revival. And they can have a regional dominion uh, over their region. And they will begin to spark revival. I know, hear me, I know you think uh, this is just the church where we gather, but this body better hear me. You have root systems uh, that are going into places you don't even realize, uh, and those root systems uh, are sending the nutrients uh, to other cities uh, that are going to spark on fire uh, because of the flame uh, that has been burning uh, right here. When we went out and we had that crusade We begin to break the yoke of Satan over this region And we begin to break the yoke of Satan over this area And I need this body to hear me right now Satan is fleeing and he is afraid And we have got now to push beyond expanded territory Because there is a revival for others You don't pray just for yourself. There are others. Oh, God. This is to be a place. This is to be a place of revival fire. And you will spark revivals all across the country. the reason God has given this place a shepherd whose vision is, it is large, it is big. And sometimes you may not understand why is he always pushing to do something else? Why is he always pushing to start fires? Because what you don't see is God has given this watchman a, a vision for more than just this area, this needs to hear me we are a place of revival fire please don't kick back now God wants you to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover God wants you to take territory those. There are people in this place. You have not understood the quickenings that you have been feeling. You have not understood why you've been woken up in the middle of the night, quickened, can't sleep, stirred, 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 stirred. You're not understanding the quickenings that have been happening to you. You're not understanding why you're not comfortable be the saint you used to always be. You're not understanding why you're not okay with just being who you've always been. Lord, why am I unsettled right now? Because you are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and God is calling you to put your foot down and everywhere that you go, you are to take territory. Some that believe it, and there's some that are having a hard time believing. how can God use me if you are filled with his spirit? I rebuke doubt. I rebuke trepidation and I rebuke depression that is holding people back right now from buying into the word of the Lord. Uh, you are being almost resisting what God is trying to say right now because your vision is not great enough uh, to see beyond uh, what God is just doing right here. But you've got to hear me. There's a reason your shepherd does what he does. There's a reason Brother Myers uh, is getting vision like you because God is giving this place a regional dominion to sin revival to let your hands all across that There are people in this place right now who need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's people in this place right now that need a miracle from God. There's people right now that have come with pain in their body, diseases in their body, hurting and broken. And today, God is going to use those that are hungry to be used in the gifts of the Spirit to go to another level and to walk in boldness and speak His Word. So, if you are in the group that wants to be used by God, like the word of the Lord just came forth, I'm asking you to come to the altar. Come on, come to the altar. Make your way to the front. That's it. If you want God to use you in the gifts of the spirit, I want you to come to the front. If you want God to use you in this end time revival, I want you to come to the front. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Now, come on, please, make room. Push in, push in. We're going we're gonna to make room. Now, if you need a miracle in your body, notable miracle in your body, If you're here today, you have a broken bone, you have diseases in your body, you have pain, whatever it may be, I want you now to lift your hands where you're at. You need a notable miracle done today in your life. I want you to lift your hands where you're at. All right. Now, if you are around somebody that needs a notable miracle in their life, I want you to get in front of them right now. Come on, get in front of them. Get in front of them. We're not just going to preach this today God's going to show this church I'm using you to do this Come on This is what his word wants us to do right here There's power in the spoken word of God The word has been spoken The gifts are here Now God is ready to heal Now If you need a miracle in your body You know who you are Those that are getting ready to pray for those Who need a miracle I want you to ask them, what specifically do you need God to do today? Ask them. If their bone is broken, ask them, which is it in your arm? Is it, if there's a disease in your body, ask. Okay, specifically, what is it? Ask them. Okay, you have cancer. Okay, you have cancer. You have, okay, you have this. Okay, you need You need a new knee. I'm telling you, I watched Saturday. God gave a man that needed double knee replacement surgery. I watched him stand and run laps around my father's church. God gave him, I'm telling you, two new knees Saturday. Nothing's impossible for God. Nothing. Ask him specifically, where's the pain at? Is it muscles? Is it bone? Be very specific. I'm serious. Be very specific. Don't just lay your hand on them and say, Be healed in Jesus. And be specific about Now, once they have told you what it is, you're not going to lay your hand on their shoulder. You're not going to lay your hand on their their chest. You're going to lay your hand on their head. And you're going to say, By the power of the word of God, and by the authority of the name of Jesus, I command, and watch, you're going to say, Whatever it is, to be healed in Jesus' name. Speak that God would give them fresh blood cells. You think I'm playing? Speak that God would replace the bone that is broken. Speak that God would give them a fresh ligament to grow in their knee. Speak specifically. And then those that are needing the miracle, when you hear in... Jesus name. Those that are needing the miracle. You will begin to praise God. Praise Him. Not uh, uh, just begin to worship and praise. Magnify Him. And while you are praising, you will feel it happen. There's gonna be people that are praising. While you're praising, you're gonna be like, my, my leg's not hurting anymore. My, whoa, my back's not hurting anymore. It's gonna happen right now right now and i'm telling you after god does the miracle you'll see it come over them it's, trust me you'll watch it stop them and say now try it out if their back hurt try your back out see if it worked if your knee hurt try your knee out. if your arms hurt try your arm out if you have to have a medical professional run a test to prove your miracle Call them the moment this service is over and say, I need you to check this. I know what the last test said, but something happened today. You probably won't understand, but it's gone. So if you need a miracle, lift those hands. Those that are praying for them to receive the miracle. Just like I said, by the power of the word of God and by the authority of Of the name of Jesus, I command miracles to flow now in Jesus' name. Come on. Now, when you have to begin to praise the Lord when you hear them say it, come on. When you hear in Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Come on. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Be healed in Jesus' name. come say Now, if you were healed, just raise your hand. We want to see the miracles that just took place. Come on, keep that hand up. There you go. I want you to look at the miracles that just took place. I want you to look at the miracles that just took place. Hey, the preacher didn't have to do it. You laid hands on the sick you you because you have God living on the inside of you you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ Uh, this is your destiny this is your calling now if you did not get healed that means you're a prime candidate for the second term If you didn't get your miracle on the first wave, lift your hand. Come on. Okay, we got one right here. If you didn't get your miracle on the first wave, lift your hand. It's it's all right. We're going to pray again. Lift your hand. Come on, lift your hand. Now, brothers, sisters, find a brother and sister with their hand up, and we're going to bear their burdens right now. We're going to pray for them. We're going to do it again. Come on. Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on, find them. Hey, ask them just like we just talked about. What specifically do you need? Where's the pain at? What's the sickness? Now, I don't have to coach you. You know what to do. Ask them what the miracle is. Speak by the power of the word of God, by the authority of the name of Jesus. Command that to be healed. There you go. Now, those that are needing the miracle, if you don't begin to rejoice, it won't happen. You must praise God with your mouth. Open your mouth. Praise Him and thank Him. Come on. Praise Him for the miracle. Praise Him for the miracle. Praise Him for the miracle. Come on. Yes. You have power. You. Come on. Yes. Praise Him for it now. Praise Him for it now. You've got to. those that received their miracle already. I need you to be the craziest praisers in here. Because God already healed you. Yes. Come on, rejoice. There ought to be a rejoicing in this house right now. I'm going to lay this microphone down, and I just want you to walk in the Holy Ghost. There's people that need the Holy Ghost in this room. Go pray for them, and pray them through to the Holy Ghost. There are other people that need a miracle in this room. Go, lay your hands on them. Walk in the Spirit right now. to be a great rejoicing right now. Come on. Yes. You need to realize God used you and you want to praise him. Come on. God use you. Let everything that hath breath
1: praise ye the Lord.
0: Yeah, in the name of Jesus. Come on, huh? In the name of Jesus, uh, come on, in the name of oh, I feel Come on, you're taking it right now. Come on, I feel somebody climbing up to beersheba. I feel somebody climbing up to beersheba. Come on, you're pushing past rainbow. Uh, you're pushing past right. Ra- I'm going to Beersheba! Sheba today. I'm going to Beersheba! sheba today. we just make our voice the sound of heaven right now come on church I didn't count how many were healed or how many are still being healed right now but you there needs to be a sound right now come on the word of the Lord was speak the word now you have worked in the spirit now, speak, speak, come on, speak, yes, Jesus, there's a sweet anointing coming into this room right now. I said, there's a sweet anointing. It's flooding into this room right now. There's an anointing to put somebody back together coming in. It's like there's something that's going to make you whole. Come on. Come on. Come on.